Coffee with your spouse is like capturing happiness in a cup. She's the cream of my coffee. And he's the sugar in my cup. I'm Teddy. And I'm Jenny. You're, You're listening, listening to, to Cream, cream in, in My, my coffee. coffee. This podcast contains adult language and adult topics intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The tongue is the most powerful part of the human body. It holds our sense of taste and can even keep your lover entertained. It's also the most dangerous weapon. Everyone loses their temper at one point or another, saying harsh and hurtful words. However, hurtful words can have a negative impact on your relationship and even affect intimacy. Remember, a sword can cut the body, but a tongue can wound the soul. Discover how to control your tongue in more ways than just one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back with Teddy and Jenny and Cream of My Coffee podcast. What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining Cream of My Coffee podcast, not your typical marriage podcast. You know we keep the coffee always hot and the conversation even hotter. (laughs) Yep, definitely do. All the time, all day, every day. (laughs) So um, before we get started, got to get my coffee and my creamer and it's time to get brown. You got me, baby. Yes, I do. The topic today, here we go. You ready for it? The deadliest weapon on your body. Ooh, (laughs) what's that, baby? Well, for most women, their tongue. You know that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, why why do we talk about that? We'll get into it much, much further and uh, give you all the details about our, our some of our personal aspects of it, as well as some great tips and advice about that as well. I hate you. I wish I had never met you. You're a horrible woman. I can definitely do better. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But is that true? We were taught our whole lives by our parents That words are just words. They can't hurt. You know, that's a bunch of crap. We definitely, Teddy and I, do not teach our children that because words hurt bad. There's been a lot of research into the power of words. And, truth be told, wounds heal. If you get in a fight growing up, you know, a little uh, ruffle and tuffle, wounds heal, bruises heal. Words are forever, and those scars can last an eternity. But why do words hurt? Well, it depends on who and what those words are coming from. So what if it's someone that you're close with? Maybe they're angry at you, and they say something extremely, extremely foul and or hurtful. It's just something that they do or say just to hurt your feelings or hurt you as an individual. What if it's your it's your parents? Say you're an older child and now you're confronting either your mother or your father. That goes even further of the level of disrespect. Maybe they can forgive you, maybe they can't. So you got to think about how words impact our everyday lives. And How does it affect your relationship with those that are around you? Just to give you some context, there's a range of people, range of different age groups, a range of different words and or communication skills that you will experience. Some folks may take things more negatively than positively and or the way that you're projecting the way you're trying to communicate something word-wise may be negative to a person, although you may be positive. And then you have to figure out the right concept of that. That takes skill. That takes time. That you have to develop over years and years, especially through social, socially being in, in uh, engaging with others. I feel that you and I were blessed, though. Um, I came from a dysfunctional home, and my father was the primary raising me. My father did an amazing job. He is still up to this day the most positive person I know. That's why my dad is my best friend. And Teddy, your parents 
and grandparents that you, your family's really close-knit. And I clearly remember your grandparents always giving those positive words of affirmation, always giving you that love. Because really, when you're growing up, that's what you seek is love. You know, whether it's from your parents, your friends, your significant other, you're seeking love. And we, we got that in one shape, way, or form from our family. Uh, regardless, like I said, mine's being dysfunctional. Dysfunctional, I cannot talk today. But um, we still got that, and it was really important. I always got positive feedback from my father. It helped me to develop into the person I am today. And when Teddy and I started dating, we were just, we were kids. And I know Teddy would always motivate me. I didn't excel like he did in certain aspects in school. He was more math. I was more, what was it, science and English. Yeah. And uh, we always helped each other out with homework, and he would always push me in the right direction. I'd push him. So we learned at a really young age how to give those positive words of affirmation and hold our tongues, but not to say that we didn't lose our temper a lot, especially when we were younger. We still do now, which is completely normal. And uh, childhood bullying, I think we can all have a testimony about that um, somewhere along the line. Those words hurt, as I said before, you know, bruises, you get in a fight, you get in a little tussle at school, that heals. But when someone says something to you, it can affect you for life. Personally, I know when I was in elementary, I was bullied very, very bad, especially in, I believe it was fourth grade. And Teddy, you know this story. I was basically sexually harassed the whole year in school. I was scared to go to my family about it. Since I was a child, I thought I was going to get in trouble. I felt like it was my fault. And I went to my teacher who then went to the principal. And since I did not go to the greatest school, instead of going and calling my family as a school should and getting them involved, they kept it hidden. And I remember the principal telling me, well, since it's the end of the year, we can't do anything. That's a bunch of crap, you know? That's basically them just brushing it under and saying, oh, well, school's basically over, you know? And this was months and months. I was writing my own teacher, telling her what was going on word from word, what I was being told. It was really bad. And it affected me for a very, very long time. Up to the point where I am much older now and I still think about those things and I worry if my own children will ever have to experience that, especially our daughter. So I'm always talking to them about, you know, bullying and if someone says this, don't be scared to go to your your family, your teacher and so forth because it's wrong. And words, like I said before, it does hurt. You get in a fight, you heal. But those words, man, they scar you for life. So I I completely understand that, and I'm some I'm sure some of you have gone through maybe not the same scenario that Jenny's gone through, but think about a time when you were younger, maybe one of the very first um, horrific events of your young childhood. Everybody's gonna go through it at some point, no matter maybe how significant or insignificant it is. We've gone through it at some point. So what I heard from from Jenny is that it was empowering to go to the authority in that scenario, but became powerless because of the inaction of the folks that should be able to help you and being able to defend you because you're defenseless at that particular time of a period of your life. And the words that you use in order to describe the horrific events that took part during that time period yeah absolutely babe i'm glad you you understand to that point i mean i i did feel powerless but i'll tell you this you know that i learned how to box afterwards (laughs) and i learned how to defend myself because no one would do it for me until i met you and then everyone was scared to even approach me and in (laughs) high school so that became a win-win i mean i think that has a lot to do with while why i found you so appealing and attractive besides the fact that you were good looking and you were kind and you were sweet I always felt safe with you I felt that you could protect me and you have for the last you know 25 years oh that's really nice to hear too 
so some of the things that I'll kind of kind of show what uh well I'll kind of share excuse me not show share about my my childhood <laughs> bullying <laughs> it's kind of the same nervous. thing as um maybe again some of you may have encountered maybe not maybe yes it depends maybe you were a popular kid you didn't go through any of this maybe you're the loner who knows it just depends on on your scenario and where you were at that was me in elementary loner <laughs> So I'll give you guys uh, just one of the issues that I've ran into as a young kid. Depending on your age, even now, I remember going to school. I loved riding my bike. And, uh, you know, my bike was, obviously I couldn't drive, so my bike was my everything transportation-wise. And those of you that have grown up in a certain time frame, which I don't want to expose my age... <laughs> <laughs> You remember probably, and this will probably date me, you've kind of figured this out, having these incredible, cool-looking BMX bikes, trick bikes, these little pegs that you put on the side of your wheels. Maybe you have little, um, cool little spokes or maybe like these star wheels or something like that. But, you know, these, these bikes that you go on like dirt tracks and all kinds of stuff that you can do all kinds of cool tricks. Well, I was really big into that as a kid growing up. I used to go to uh, ride my bike with my cousin where we live and go to school back and forth from school to home, school to home, school to home every single day. Love riding my bike. We do take the, the bus at times as well. But any opportunity I had to ride my bike, if it wasn't going to rain or something like that, the weather was okay. We try to look at forecasts and news at that time is through television as well. So... Getting a little bit further into it, we're on my, on the way home, my, my cousin and I, we're riding home and uh, on our sidewalk. And as I was going home, uh, there was something in the sidewalk, I don't know what it was, but my, my cousin kind of skipped in front of me, it wasn't his fault, he just happened to hit the bike and it caught one of my peg and it, it drove me to the ground. It not only drove me to the ground, but it uh, I fell on my face. And it scarred my face from my forehead, the half of my face, my forehead to my cheek uh, was completely, completely like skid off. Like, so if you had like, if you ever fell on concrete and uh, you have a skid on your elbow, your arm, you know, the actual first layer of skin comes off. And now you see it's like the additional layers from that point, maybe bleeding, it'll scar up. Well, that was me on my face. And it was just a horrific thing that. I hope none of you ever have to encounter, but I had to go through it. It was embarrassing. Uh, it hurt like hell, you know, when I first fell, you know, being about eight, nine years old at that time, um, going through that, it was, it was, it was really hard. So I didn't think much of it other than, yeah, I thought, man, I got to go to school like this. I think that folks would probably make fun of me. And it actually did happen. You know, a lot of a lot of kids didn't understand, obviously. Kids are the most truthful. They speak truth to power. No matter what is on their mind, they will say it. And it's not because they don't know any better. It's because they speak the truth. They don't normally lie or, or, or have filters or anything like that as a child. You maybe remember not having a filter or being told, hey, you shouldn't say that from your parents or from a, a family member. However, kids were pretty mean. Uh, you know, I got picked at a lot. They were always staring and, you know, say, ew, look at your face. It's disgusting. Not understanding that I fell and I got injured. And, uh, you know, I had to keep Vaseline on my face, uh, ointments just to keep it to heal and not scar up and, and leave a scar on my face. Well, you look very handsome because you don't have a scratch on your face. <laughs> well, thanks. I uh, think it'll have to be, you know, gratitude to my grandma for helping me with that, that part of it. But, um, you know, just taking it, just the words that the kids were saying to me were so hurtful during that time. It was the most traumatic thing that I've encountered ever in my life at that point. It was just, it was really mean. They didn't have any care in the world, nor did anyone step up and say anything to them to understand the gravity that I was trying to deal with. They just seen another kid that was just, they looked dis disfigured, different. 
you know, they didn't understand. So their words and their actions were truly hurtful. And I can't remember all the details, but I do know that I got made fun of on a, on a daily basis. It took me about a good four months, three months, four months for it to completely heal. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Do you remember what side of your face it was on? I think it was on, it might have been my left side. I'm asking because, you know, we were in a car accident when we were teenagers. We were first dating and it was a serious one. We almost lost our lives uh, with a semi-truck and I received, what was it, 83 or 86 stitches on my face? Yeah, yeah. It's a horrific scar and again, once again in high school, I was made fun of for that by guys mainly that were really insensitive because I looked like a monster when I first got out of, you know, plastic surgery and so forth, having to go through rehabilitation. I can't talk. Rehabilitation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's probably wondering, these assholes can't talk ever. <laughs> but no, those words really did hurt uh, being made fun of. And those are things that you remember forever, no matter how many years time passed. So, the effect of words have a positive or negative aspect in our lives. So, you want to always be careful what you say, not only to your family, your children, your friends, but to your significant other. Because that alone could either hinder your relationship or make it better. So, when you say hurtful words to your partner, it will begin to weaken the foundation of your relationship. You're basically damaging your bond with verbal attacks. Saying mean things in a relationship, that can slowly drive you and your partner away from each other, which you don't want. You guys can lose interest in the relationship and it can have a really bad side effect when you're constantly disrespecting your significant other or being disrespected in a relationship. Not to mention, if you have little ones around, those words that you're saying back and forth that are hurtful to you and your significant other aren't just affecting the two of you. It will affect those children as well because they're hearing that. And then they're going to see that toxic relationship. And as they grow up, they will do the same. And it will be a, a cycle that will continue to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. So you want to break that chain. You want to break that cycle. You definitely want to show your children positivity and be careful what you say not just to them but to your significant other because that has a big impact on everyone words both positively and negatively in your relationship it's it's extremely uh, crucial that we understand how much impact words have especially towards your marriage or your personal relationship uh, your dating or just a normal conversation with just friends as relationship-wise. It can go for any type of relationship. Siblings, parents' relationships, friends' relationships. Uh, those of you that with your, with your co-workers, your professional relationships. So here's some, some really important pieces to words. Words have impact no matter uh, whether, again, positive or negatively. The three most important words that you can truly remember in a in a relationship, though, in a marriage, please, thank you, and sorry. Please do that to me one more time. Thank you for what you did last night, and I'm sorry that I couldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that first one actually is a song. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a song. It's a really old song, but it's a song. Oh, you're going to me Google it now. <laughs> yeah. So remember, you know, also that uh, forgiveness heals every wound. It's something that it, that we often forget. So when we're there and we're speaking, because um, communication is the biggest thing we have when we are communicating in, in general, and the words that we use, whether we're speaking a particular language and or maybe communicating in different forms, we communicate both in words as well as our actions through our eyes, through our hand motions, through our body language. Definitely through our body language. <laughs> <laughs> but words also have the power to shape and mold our, our spouse's uh, pers perspective uh, of themselves and the world around them as well. 
So using words of affirmation to compliment each other and also introduce love and affection goes a long way with your marriage as you guys are speaking and if you're in an in-depth conversation. Now, we did speak on love languages. I believe it was season one, episode four. And we did speak on the subject of that being a love language, words of affirmation, which is really important. And some people thrive off of that love language. But even if that's not your specific language of love that you prefer, everyone should be able to communicate with words of affirmation due to the fact that you want your significant other to feel good about themselves, about you and your relationship. Plus, it brings you closer together. So why are words so important in a relationship in general or marriage, any relationship? It Truly speaking of it, words are just extremely powerful. Uh, spoken with kindness, harshness, confusion, or anger, your words can shape the course of a conversation and in time, the trajectory of any relationship. So it is important, it is imperative that we truly take a step back Understand what we're speaking, what we're saying. And if you need a moment during a heightened argument and or situation, pause, hold a moment, and then go back at it. Take a moment to take a deep breath. We'll get into further details of that, but we want to get into the affirmation of some examples of what you can do to say about affirmation. So here are some tips on words of affirmation. So the first thing we'll get to is, the first tip, excuse me, would be be authentic. People who have words of affirmation as their primary love language have a nose for false platitudes. So be sure to be authentic, uh, that you are authentic when you're talking with them. Basically, don't be fake. Yeah. Do not be fake because fake people... They just don't make sense. If you fake, how can you get you be trusted? You know, people can't trust fake people because they're not authentic. So you definitely want to speak directly from the heart. You know, don't go and make things up. I mean, they'll 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 point it out right away. As this is probably their strongest point. Next tip would be be empathetic. When it comes to words of affirmation, it it's just crucial that uh, partners realize that you recognize how they're feeling, especially if they're feeling down. So show some empathy for your partner. Think about what it would be like to walk in their shoes and then demonstrate that you know how they're feeling. I love that about us. We are very empathetic towards one another. Anytime I'm feeling a certain way, because as you know, Teddy, I kind of struggle with communication. We're still working on that after all these years. But even struggling with communication, I can just look a certain way and you would automatically know something's wrong or like you would already know what I'm feeling without me verbally having to say it because of that strong empathy you have for me. And likewise, when I see you, if you don't communicate with me on how you feel, but I can just visually see, okay, something's bothering my husband and then us trying to just understand and even though we're not going through what you know each other's going through, we always try to understand and give that empathy. And that's really important. I think that's one of the strengths in our relationship. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we, we have a overall very good relationship in communicating back and forth, um, especially with affirmation in general. The next thing, next tip would be to show your appreciation. We're really good at that too. <laughs> <laughs> Usually people who feel uh, fulfilled by positive words and comments will thrive when people recognize and appreciate what they do. Whether it's how they do the laundry, the meal they cook for dinner, or the fact that they spend three hours proofing your report, this is key to tell them in no uncertain terms how much you appreciate them. Uh, I appreciate you for everything you do, especially for what you did last night. <laughs> You know I'm going to sit here and say stupidness and jokes. God, I'm sorry <laughs> to my father-in-law and my mom. You guys, don't make fun of me, please. You know we joke. This is what we do. This is why our show is muy caliente, right, puppy? Yep. 
I need to find a chastity belt for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. So next tip. Say I love you a lot. People whose primary love language is words of affirmation never get tired of hearing I love you from the people that uh, they care about, especially those that, um, you know, they really have this as as a, you know, a, a, as a have to. I mean, you, you know, the folks that actually have uh, words of affirmation, you know, they're constantly talking to you. They're constantly showing emotion. They're constantly speaking to you. You'll know. And if you don't know, how you know. <laughs> we always, that's one thing. We always say, I love you. Oh my gosh, I think more than like a hundred times a day. Even when we're at the gym, if we're not right next to each other and we're just like calling each other on the phone, hey, what side of the gym are you on or what are you doing? We always say, I love you before hanging up. It is just our thing. I can't not say, I love you. And it's not just habit. Every time I say it, I mean it. It's because I, I love you, you know? I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, while it's it's common to feel like a you know the phrase is overused, like you know I love you, a words of affirmation person will never get tired of of hearing you say it, especially uh, when you find new and creative ways to communicate your love. So I think that is crucial. I think that's a great tip. Hope you guys check that out. So here's our next tip: mail them a letter. You can definitely email, and it's a great way to communicate, especially um, you know when you're in a hurry. But there's always something special when you're mailing a handwritten letter in the mail. It goes back to the a little bit more primal state of communication. Yeah, I feel like like a notes or letters in general that are written are more personal, so it just feels more authentic, more real more in depth with your feelings in touch with like you know your that deep connection between two people i feel like it goes beyond a simple text message or a email write it down <laughs> write it down let that person see i took the time to not just dabble on my phone like i always do to send you something i actually took the time to sit and think about what i feel and what i want to say that's why it's written so um Piggybacking on mailing a letter, post a note. Sometimes the best and most efficient way to communicate how much you love your partner is by using a sticky note and leaving them a little message about how much you mean to uh, you. They mean to you. So if you really want to get creative, though, you can post a number of notes in shapes of a heart, or a, another figure on the bathroom mirror, or in the window of their car. I mean, you can do all kinds of creative things, uh, Jenny. Uh, once in a while, you used to send me notes with my uh, my lunch all the time. All kinds of little notes, sticky notes. When I did travel, she'd uh, hide notes in like different areas of my uh, my Patrol luggage. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, uh, yep. It's, yep. It was just, it was something nice to see, especially when you're having a rough day. Oh, yeah. And you did the same with me. It's It's likewise. We always do the same with each other. And we still do from time to time, just not as much because you are home more now. And I get to see your very handsome face and I get to tell you the, how I feel to your face, which is much more reassuring than you being out there on the road 24-7. So, yeah, I like this a lot better. But definitely, I do really appreciate every time you've written me something because it shows that you take out the time. And it tells me that you really think about me in every Every single day, every single second when we're not together. I mean, everything that you say word-wise, you also show me. Definitely show me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, give them a shout-out. Make sure you compliment your uh, your words of affirmation, par your partner, uh, in front of other people. So tell them what really ma you makes you proud and what you really appreciate. Don't go too overboard and embarrass your, your partner. Uh, but telling others how awesome you think your partner is will touch their heart in many ways as well. Okay, I gotta ask you. I've I've went overboard in the past with your your job. In the past, I've sent especially for Valentine's Day flowers, big ass teddy bears. Did I ever embarrass you? I never asked you. No, it it didn't really bother me at all with anything like that. I mean, nothing like that ever bothered me. It. Felt kind of weird for you to do that instead of me, but I mean, 
I mean, you do it too. We it's back and forth. Well, yeah, but, but I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I felt basically I was just the bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, sometimes you no, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, so our next tip: point out their strengths. So I think this is an important important tip and an important point. Uh, pointing out your partner's strength is especially important when they are feeling down or discouraged. Give them a little pep talk and pointing out what you, know, what you really like about them or you know, what they do well. It speaks volumes. <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> my, my, my mind is going to a whole other direction with everything you're saying. Woo! Okay, continue, Teddy. <laughs> so I guess we're going to have to point out your strength later. Okay. Our next and last tip. Before I make you too nervous. <laughs> it's, it's called dial it up. So when your partner is going through a tough time, it can be helpful for you to dial up the nice words. So be extra kind and loving while reminding your partner why they are important and what they mean to you. At all times, it is helpful to offer words of encouragement. So definitely, I think these steps show that uh, you're there for them, even in the rough patches of their lives. So I, I... I really think that a lot of these tips will make a big difference, a big impact um, of words of affirmation. I think the main thing is just, again, being authentic, being yourself, being personable. It's coming from you. You be creative. That's more, it means more instead of looking and researching something that doesn't impact you because you're just using someone else's ideas or thoughts. Use your own Use it so that it's your unique situation and personal relationship. It goes a longer way. So we spoke about all the different types of um, words of affirmation, uh, different scenarios in the beginning of our episode today. But now we'll get into the, I guess we're going to call it the meat and potatoes of it. So you're in a heated argument with yourself and your significant other or with a friend or or a um, family member or whatever it is but do you realize what occurred and why you're having an argument at this moment maybe you don't so you're in that moment everything is heated you and the uh, significant other are going at it. Wait, what What exactly are we speaking <laughs> of here? Hold on, hold on, Daddy. Nope, we're in an argument. We're yelling. We're full of emotion and rage. You know, it's the top of our lungs spewing all kinds of vicinities from, with each other, cursing, uh, you know, maybe even getting slightly um, vulgar in some cases. What do you do? So how do we de-escalate this? Have sex. <laughs> Typically, we do that afterwards. <laughs> but before we get to that, um, here's, a, here's some quick tips on de-escalating your, an argument that you're currently in. So first thing is, take a deep breath and just pause. Just take a moment for yourself. Both of you. You know, just step away for just that moment. Don't leave that particular space or area just yet you want to make sure that you just take a moment and just take a deep breath two respond rationally rather than emotionally what do i mean by what do i mean by that you don't want to lead anything or speak and or react with emotion it's hard to do but when you react towards anything with an emotion, it normally leads to more dramatic um, situation and or you are just putting everything that you're saying, speaking uh, with whatever negative, negatively impacting what you're trying to do or say to yourselves. Going back on the first thing that you said about staying in the same area, I got to disagree with you on that, Teddy, because I know me in particular, when I get upset with you, 
I always tell, I literally lift my finger and I'm just like, I need a moment. And I step out of the room and I go to another area of our home and I just contemplate on what to say. And I do those deep breaths as well. And I try to get myself together before I face you again and then speak because I don't want to say hurtful things. But I leave the room all the time unless we're like in the car or something. And then usually the way I process things is I stop you from speaking. I stop myself from speaking and I blast reggaeton, (laughs) reggaeton music. I blast it and I look out the window and I start thinking about how I'm going to say what I'm going to say before I say it because I don't want to get you upset or myself more upset and escalate the situation. I want to de-escalate it. So those are my coping steps. But the whole leaving, I think sometimes you have to leave the room because I know when I'm mad, I don't want to look at you. As much as I love your handsome face, I cannot look at you when I'm angry. Oh, I agree. And that's something I was going to get to a little bit later because there's there's two ways to do that. You can stop, take a breath, step away, but you don't want to completely walk away and then have the uh, your partner feel like you're stonewalling them, which is basically just shutting completely down and not being able to understand what's going on or communicating why you're needing this break or leave. If you're the type of person that just walks away abruptly or just get in the vehicle, drive away, that doesn't de-escalate anything. All you're doing is creating more of an escalation because you're using a, a major emotion that you think you're trying to do the right thing, but you're not communicating on what's going on with you. That I agree 100%. You should never drive away, especially driving angry. That could be as bad as driving drunk, you know, in certain scenarios. You should definitely stay at least in the same household, not necessarily the same room. Before we get into our next tip, you guys probably hear a little bit of background. This is going to start storming where we are here. It's getting very uh, snuggle weather, if you know what I mean. It's just that type of weather that it's raining. It's a little bit of thunder. It's actually really nice because we're both home together and we're already snuggled up using one microphone in our office. So it's this is nice. Yep, so I just want to put that out there for you guys that are listening. Like, what the heck is going on? Well, there's nothing crazy. It's just rain and thunderstorms. Nothing crazy yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the, our third tip. Remember, you do not have to prove yourself at all. So think about that. You don't have to sit there and have to prove your point and prove your whole situation. That's not the point of de-escalating. Uh, you want to de-escalate by just being able to be mature enough to understand each other, understanding what what's going on and what's happening. And I'll get into some of those in some of the questions we can ask after we get done with the tips here. Uh, number four, decide the value of the argument early on. Is it really going to impact you in a positive or negative way? Is it really worth having that particular argument or um, indifferences at that moment. A lot of times for us, I, I can answer that. No, it's not. You know, the arguments are not worth it, even though we don't have a lot. But the times that we have had disagreements, I feel like it's just not worth having a disagreement of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's many times that we just, um, again, use our emotions to lead us versus our mind and uh in, in a much more mature manner. So our fifth tip is try to put yourself in the other person's shoes and keep an open mind. So really understand, and that goes back to affirmation of empathy, of understanding what your partner is going through and how they're feeling and how their needs and desires, their wants, and, and their point of view is shared towards you. Last tip is learn to disagree with respect and finding common ground. I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of us to do is to understand the other person's point of view, being able to have respect for that person because our emotions get intertwined with it at a heightened level, that we don't take a moment to take a deep breath, step back, and then step back in when we are completely cool-minded and then able to have a mature conversation. I 
think I've gotten way better as time has passed us with not speaking really foul things with my mouth and really thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it, as we said before. Especially times that you've been driving and we've been discussing something that we didn't see eye to eye on. I usually do just that is blast the music and, you know, I'll look out the window and I'll just keep to myself for a little bit until I process everything that we're talking about because I don't want to hurt you. You know, and I don't want to escalate the situation because I care about you, obviously. And I feel like when we were younger, I was really bad at that. But now that we're older, I think I've made a lot of progress. What do you think? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hesitated. What the hell? Yeah. You, do you have a potty mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. That's why this podcast is explicit for a reason. So, um, I'm going to go right into this as these are really, really cool. I think it'll be a great way for you guys, as well as the, on top of the tips that we just discussed, just those few tips to de-escalate arguments. Here's some phrases that'll kind of help to uh, diffuse some of the arguments with your partner. I think these are really cool, a little more specific and maybe try it. It, it basically gives you open-ended questions and or understanding to your partner. So uh, the first one I want to get into right away. Tell me what you're feeling right now. And don't make this crazy. <laughs> Stop, because I already know. The way you looked at me, bro. <laughs> you already know what I'm feeling. <laughs> so learning how to diffuse an argument, it, it's really tricky. And sometimes uh, when you're in the middle of a heated argument, you tend to ignore each other's feelings and focus on your own. The secret to diffusing an argument, it just really lies in those particular words. How are you feeling? And understanding how the other person is feeling, it goes a long way. And it's it's not about trying to uh, shut down someone in an argument. It's more of understanding your partner. So second one, I'll get into that one right now, is yes, I heard you. And I'm sorry if you feel that way. You are extremely not the greatest when it comes to apology. Anytime that you and I have gotten in any type of altercation, I'm always the one to apologize first. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but every time, I swear, it's like I say I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, you do, for sure. I'm not going to comment too much about that because I'm going to use my uh, affirmation skills right now. Yes, I heard you, and I'm sorry I feel that way. I'm going to throw the microphone at you. So arguments often escalate because of the feeling of being unheard and in a relationship. But when you say things like, I heard you, you're given the impression that you are acknowledging their emotions and their needs. It doesn't matter whether your, your opinion differs uh, from theirs or not. As long as there is no feeling of rejection or being judged for their sentiments. So I think that is a, that is a great thing to think about as, as we're going through this segment of some of the questions that you can use in order to de-escalate arguments that you may encounter. The next one would be, did I do something wrong? That yes. <laughs> yes, you did. I didn't even get a chance to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back at it again. <laughs> Did I do something wrong with uh, that made you feel that way? Hmm. Well, often we're not consciously aware of what we did wrong. And not trying to acknowledge our faults may lead to even more conflict. Basically, if you're a dude, you usually don't know what you did wrong. I mean, that's kind of like I mean, <laughs> the feeling I'm getting. Yeah, we do that time to time. I mean, we really don't. We just, all we see is angry face and you don't understand. Of course you did something wrong. <laughs> I, it gets me furious when I am like really hurt or upset about something and you don't even know what it's about. And I'm just looking at you like you should know because it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so here's here's one that i know jenny's gonna really like because we kind of spoke about this already can we take a few moments to calm down now i know some of you guys are probably <laughs> like thinking about this don't ever tell your woman to calm down we did a tiktok on that for yep. a reason <laughs> however 
can we take a few moments to to break? Take a, a, a few moments to take a. Can we take a moment to pause? I you think can, that's you can, that's better. You can better. word it a little bit differently, but learning how to disengage from our argument is sometimes necessary, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed and f- or furious. Uh, to solve the problem without trying to win over a heated argument, it's it's crucial that you take a moment just to disengage. Just um, never use the term of telling your woman to calm down unless you want to be sleeping on the couch. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so our next uh, our next uh, diversion here would be, it was your perspective, and I'm in no position to say that. It was wrong. You're not going to catch me saying that. <laughs> no, I'm looking at you like, that's in your notes? Like, yeah. if you say that's in my perspective, no, that's not going to fly. I'm sorry. I mean... That lacks empathy. I mean, this will work for some of you. For me... Not if you're married to know. a Latina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the best things to say when you're arguing with someone is to acknowledge that you're both, you both have different perspectives. So, I mean, it shows that you're validating... Uh, each of your own experiences experiences uh, without making them feel judged or rejected again. I think that's the, that's the one thing that, you know, we pop up all the time is just being or feeling that you're judging them or, or the other person feeling rejected in some way. I, I do feel like you and I, we never see eye to eye, but we recognize that in conversations and disagreements. We do recognize that and Either you'll say it or I'll say it. You know, we're not going to see eye to eye. And we accept that. And then we hear each other's viewpoints and so forth. We, we're we getting okay in the communication skills. And if that doesn't work, we just have sex. I mean, <laughs> it's a way to win. Okay. So our next uh, question would be, can we try to come up with a resolution? So I think this would be the best line to end an argument. Um, I think it would be this one. So it gives an impression that even though you both have different opinions, you're still willing to compromise and come up with a mutual decision to fix the issue. So again, wear your adult hats, take a moment, take a deep breath, and go back at it. Next one. Is there anything I can do to make you feel better? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Stop. You're just setting yourself up for this. Is another great way to end an <laughs> argument, though. Um, so the phrase is right. Arguments are just, they're just extremely taxing, both physically and emotionally. And if you want to end it in the right way, just ask them if there's something you can do to make them feel better. Yes. Yes, there is. Maybe it's comfort food also. Maybe it's a cuddle. You know, ladies love ice cream and cake, I'm sure. Okay, cake, yeah. I get pretty weak when it comes to yellow cake with uh, chocolate frosting on it. Yeah. Next one. Here we go. Next one. What I did hurt you, and I'm sorry. Wow. Teddy, repeat (laughs) that. Repeat that one more time. Nope. I'm going to leave it right there. (laughs) So, again, this is another great way of of diffusing an argument. You're basically... Um, taking responsibility and owning up to your mistakes and and will disallow an argument from spiraling out of control. So you're just initially just shutting it off and not in a negative way, but you're admitting and understanding that this is, has occurred from you personally or the person that's making this statement. Next one. I think this is a good one, too. You can at least try to hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna really throw something at you stop looking at me so, like that yeah i think this is this is kind of tough <laughs> but i mean if you feel like if your partner's not listening to you you can you can phrase this question now I, I mean you can phrase it different ways but at least you're trying here's another good one too i think this doesn't make me feel good are you imitating me? <laughs> My word. Yep. You know, again, arguments are overwhelming. Uh, so trying to find like big words to use in arguments to express your emotions can be really tricky. So when this happens, just straight up tell your partner uh, that fighting doesn't make you feel good at all. And you're feeling overwhelmed. And then you're just trying to find a calmer way to approach the conflict in general. 
so next step, help me understand what you are trying to say. A lot of times, I mean, if you want to know how to disarm an argument, um, argumentative partner, try asking for their help instead of continually arguing with them. You know, arguments escalate because of the frustration of neither one of you being understood. And then if you show that you're making an effort to understand their sentiments, it means you care. And then most likely the anger and the whole, the whole situation just, dis uh, just dissolve. What do you think? <laughs> okay. I'm we'll looking at on. you trying not to get angry as you're saying these things. No, I'm just playing. No, I mean, absolutely. I was thinking, though, that I think another thing that we've tried in the past is writing letters. I know times that I've been really angry that I couldn't find the right words to say. I wrote down how I felt, and that was a lot easier for me to communicate. Uh, writing is a lot easier for me to communicate than verbally speaking. And you've done the same as well. And I think that actually helped to understand where we were coming from. So that I know that's not listed on there, but you did speak about, you know, notes and so forth earlier. And I think that that's an important factor is that sometimes we can't always verbally say how we feel or how certain things hurt us. And for some like me, it's easier just to write those things down. I agree with all that you're saying, but I'm, I'm thinking about this next tip question wise. And I'm scared. <laughs> here we go. What exactly do you need from me? Hmm. What do I need? You know what I need. <laughs> well, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, that is a loaded question. So be ready. So. I don't think nobody should ask that question to their woman. Not like that. Choose your words. I mean, depending on your relationship, you should be able to ask that. But sometimes it just depends on the person. Not if you're in an argument. If you're in an argument and you ask your woman... What do you need from me? Like, I could just see it. Like, woo. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. When we're talking like that, your tone, your tone of voice goes a long way, too. Don't be combative and do not use harsh tones. You've got to be calm, cool, and collected when you are speaking in that way. So if you are speaking in a harsh way or you're speaking aggressively, you're going to get an aggressive response. If you're speaking calmly, you took that deep breath, take a moment to step away, and then come back at it. That's what this part, this this portion is about. Is after you've been able to calm down, then come back and quickly react towards it. Um, it's extremely hard to find safe words in arguments and not to escalate. But trying to ask exactly what you need from them would be just a way to kind of try to try to de-escalate in the best way as possible. Uh, but it first gives them an impression that uh, it's safe to voice their needs. And then second, clearly state that you're willing to compromise as well. I think before you ask that, though, and this goes out to anyone, whether you're a male or female, start that sentence off with, I love you. Start it off with, I love you. So you're giving positive words of affirmation. I love you. Now, please tell me what you need from me. Okay, that is a good and don't yell it. Don't. You know, if you want to de-escalate the situation, give a positive words of affirmation first and then ask the question because that question could be taken as much as it's a good question and it's in reality, you need to know what your partner needs from you. But when you're angry, that can come out in so many different ways. So those of you that are assertive and a little bit more, much more direct and to the point and uh, don't have time to more work around that question this is going to be tough for you so i'm just going to throw that out there but we're well, moving on to the next the next uh question that you can ask during an a argument of uh, issue or point of problem here we go can we try again and be more objective this time that could be something that'll work with you that may work maybe not it just depends but it's something that it's not for everyone. Again, that's a question that you have to have to really look at and probe and de determine if you can use that during that time. You said probe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, our next tip would be, we were both wrong at, at some point. 
I have never heard you say that. Nope, we haven't. But it's a good it's a good question. It's a good statement. I said it. <laughs> you have, and you made us both wrong at some point. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you. <laughs> so again, it's it is inevitable that uh, you and your partner view your experiences differently. You definitely want to make sure that you see each other for free of any fault as well. The key, though, is to acknowledge that you both had some shortcomings and that you made some mistakes somewhere along the way. It's not always about pointing out each other's faults and saving yourself from whatever mistake either one of you have made. But it's a, and it's not about winning either. I mean, it's not a competition. It's just really more of uh, being able to work through the issues that you currently have and what's facing you at the, at the moment. And the last one is... This is a great one. Some of you may have used this. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Why is it okay? Arguments sometimes start with the fears, doubts, and insecurities uh, that we have within ourselves. Even voicing them out loud can also make us feel scared. Because of this, arguments sometimes feel like the best way to express all these negative emotions that we hold in our chest. And so... If you feel like your actions and your behavior are being driven by intense emotions, it is important that you take a step back and recompose yourself. So it's okay. It can make a huge difference. I also feel that you had a really big valid point with what you said earlier about how the tone of voice that you use and how you choose to communicate the words that you're communicating play a big key role on how you're going to make your significant other feel, whether or not they're going to feel safe to open up to you, whether you're actually de-escalating the situation and not making it more intense and, and worse, you know. I feel that how you communicate with your body language, with your voice, everything plays a big part on de-escalating a really intense argument. I think that when you, Teddy, when we get in any argument, you're scary. The way that your tone of it's always your tone of voice. It's nothing that you physically do because you're just a big teddy bear. It's your tone of voice. Your tone of voice is so authoritative and so just, you know, you, you do get to the point on like how you feel, what you want, what you need. I, I, I have to say, and then you get this little vein in your forehead that pops out every time you're angry. It's adorable, but it is scary. And usually with me, how, how do you think I, when I get angry, how I am? Am I scary? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, you are. But you respect my authority. Oh, Somebody wants to sleep on the couch now. Yes, I do respect you. I respect everything. I'm about to respect you really nice as soon as we get off this podcast. Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. So, in conclusion, the next time you are tempted to deal with getting an argument with your significant other and sending those low blows to your partner with words, remember, they may forgive you, but in the end, they won't forget it. Too many of these incidences can make your relationship an emotional, abusive one and just plain toxic. We definitely don't want a toxic relationship. It's not worth it. You want a healthy, thriving relationship where you're not just with, you know, your lover, your partner, but you're with your best friend like Teddy and I. This is my bestie right here, right, baby? Yep, sure am. What about me? <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> I better be your best friend. Yeah, you are. As you guys know, Teddy and Jenny can be found on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're interested in our really cool merch from Cream and My Coffee, check out our store on Bonfire. Not only do we have these fashionable Cream and My Coffee apparel, we also have shirts, tanks, hoodies. They also represent not just Cream and My Coffee, but multiple sclerosis awareness. I also wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you for hitting that subscribe button for our podcast. With each subscription, you allow more people to learn about this podcast. And when you hit that subscribe button, it automatically downloads our upcoming episode on the day of release. For those of you listening to us on Spotify, as most of you know, Spotify now offers this extremely cool feature where you can leave us a comment on the app platform 
It allows you to engage with other listeners and see their comments as well. We love all your positive feedback for our show. You can also leave us voice recordings in Spotify for podcasters, which I will link in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to Teddy and Jenny at creamandmycoffee97 at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or ideas for upcoming episodes. We would love to hear from you. We love all of you very much. And my teddy bear, I love you like I love my coffee. Hot, hot, hot. Muy caliente, papi.